Welcome to episode eight of Ed's Not Dead. I'm Robbie Dodd. I'm joined by my two distinguished co-hosts, Mr. Peter Crable. Good day, sir. Good day. And of course, Mr. C.H. Siddons. Hello again. It's great to see you, boys. Yes. All right. You can find me at R.W. Dodd and Mr. Crabes. At Peter Crable. And of course, Mr. Siddons. At C.H. Siddons. The most active Twitter user of us all. You know what I have been doing, though? The new app uh, online or the new application uh, restrictions. I put on an hour limit. Did I tell you that last time? No. Oh. I think you did. did I don't know if it was on or off air, though. I, mean, I think it was off oh, yeah, air. You yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've you been did. abiding by it the whole month. Like, Once you, I hit the hour limit, I'm done. Nice. You, you, were having, you were having some issues with how much you were you were doing uh, useless scrolling on your It's a lot phone. of scrolling, <laughs> and it just didn't, uh, it didn't bring any joy into my life. All right. We've got a great show, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, we've gotten... Uh, Larger and larger audience on Ed's Not Dead, as Mr. Crable lets us know all the time. Yeah, he's obsessed with our, our, <laughs> our ratings. I am. I am. Yeah, no, lots of people listening. It's, it feels good. I know. So we got a few things to plug. First of all, uh, Mr. Crabes, the 28-day challenge. Yeah. In February. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah, b- right. a big one. Tell the listeners about the 28-day challenge. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the brainchild of Casey and I, I think, of how to... Do something super cool, but also kind of lame and corny. It's yeah. going to be so good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it's already started. We're I think we're four days in already. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Three days. I don't know. Whatever today is. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow. But yeah, every day um, at 610 in the morning, right. we're going to tweet out a task uh, for educators to do. Okay. Yeah. And you have to do it. And you, yeah, that's, well, yeah. You're you have to do it. To do it. Yeah. And they have to, are, are, are people required to tweet in response? Of, of course. In, in, they should. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, cool. we want to get some good conversation going. And, and, and look, some of them are, um, you know, are, are fairly serious and, and, um, it's kind of like some best practices, and some of them are, you know, a little silly, a little fun, a little whatever. All right. So, uh, but we're not taking weekends off, by the that's way. Right. So, that's right. So it's twenty eight days. Oh, it's twenty eight days. Okay. So if if, if yeah. our listeners make a commitment, they've they've got they're, they're in. They got to be right. all in. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So find the twenty eight day challenge on Twitter. You got it at Ed's Not Dead PC. Also, uh, we've been getting great feedback on our equity series. So please, if you're interested in hearing some of the amazing guests that we've had over the last two years that we've kind of bundled into, into standalone um, interviews, people like Zaretta Hammond, Eric Buddington, Joe Feldman, Curtis Linton, Troy Body, all experts on equity and public education in schools. Um, they cover everything from theory to practice everything, and everything in between. Everything. So uh, when you check us out, check out our equity series and, and revisit or listen to those interviews for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a nifty little tab, uh, interviews, on our website. Oh, okay. So you can see so them can, all yep, in yep. one spot. That's good. I've, yep. I've looked, I looked at the website like in September. <laughs> well, that's very good. <laughs> I know. I heard it's good. Uh, all right. Uh, and uh, we have some Big time. Big guests. Coming up in uh, February. Big month for us, yeah. So we have Kathy Hoffman, who is now the newly minted state superintendent of Arizona. Uh, She ran as a 31-year-old consummate outsider, and she is going to be on with us on It's Not Dead. We are totally psyched to have Kathy. Very psyched to have her. And then in late February, we're going to follow Kathy up with Randy Weingarten, the president of the American Federation of Teachers. A big one. Yeah, these are two big interviews for It's Not Dead. We're really grateful that that Ms. Hoffman and Ms. Weingarten have agreed to come on the show. Very excited. Just friendly nagging helps. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, look. A nicely crafted email. <laughs> yeah. It goes a long way. Yeah, yeah we're, These are two Ed heavy hitters. Big time. Big yeah. time. We have yeah. a lot of good questions prepared and hope you'll tune in. 
and repeat and repeat and repeat. Yep. All right, show feedback. It's that time. And I'm prepared. Uh, you look, I don't turn oh to you God. and you give me the, the, the stink eye. You <laughs> actually have some show feedback. With the deer in the headlights? Like. Yes. Yeah. So I'm proud of myself. Yeah. All right, so, what uh, do we got? We had some, a lot of feedback came from when we reposted all those interview segments from our equity series. The equity series. Uh, we had one um, from uh, Francis Frost, who talked about it was how inspiring it was to hear from MoCo Students for Change, and a great honor to have them at the MD, the Maryland PTSA Diversity Conference last year. Um, and then we got another special thanks from at Mr. Kaz, friend of the pod, yeah, who said, thanks once again for us and Zaretta Hammond for being my inspiration to push my students to see their culture and experiences as their strength. Just because they may not speak English yet does not mean they cannot think and reflect. And he posted a bunch of stuff on Twitter that you should all mm-hmm. check out. I saw. And, yeah. uh, and he's, he's, got a, he's been doing this assignment with his kids that you definitely need to check out and try to emulate with your, your classes if you can in social studies. That guy, since the first day he started teaching, he's been a ed innovator. Yeah, I mean, voracious. He's always pushing the envelope. Yeah. He puts yep. the three of us to shame. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, we could talk about stuff. That's right. So that's, I know. I know. That's really but he hard. actually does the things. That's also, classroom. Yeah. He's very, very, very. What, uh, thanks, Mr. Cousin. Thanks, Francis Frost. And yeah. then the other piece of feedback, not really feedback, is someone came to see you at your your school recently. A previous guest. Oh yeah, the great Nate Tinbite. Yeah, friend of the friend of the show Fr- as well. Friend friend of the pod. Who, what did you talk about? Uh, we talked about student leadership in schools. Nate is on the forefront of student activism. Um, yes, he is. All the way back to last spring when when um, student activism was really just fomenting around the country, right? And and Nate was a leader, and um, so he's, he's still into it, and he stopped by and saw me. We had a great chat. Nice. So Nate is going places. Yes, he is. He is he's big time. He might be hard to get on the show at some point. I know. Yeah. yeah. He's probably he, hard to he, get he, on right now. I he, saw a picture he, of him with uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, really? right. yeah, posted on uh, Twitter. I think. Yep. Nice. Yeah, Nate loves the show. Oh, good. good. Yeah, he thinks he thinks we're he thinks we're pretty cool for three old guys. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was good yeah. to see him. So we need to we need to re- do your old man voice. We need to reach out we, to the youth. We need to give him a phone call, telegram. <laughs> we should phone uh, call, telegram. Oh, phone call, telegram. <laughs> All right, is that it? Uh, well, I would like to plug something I I always say at, on the show is. If you if you're listening and you like us, give us a little rating on iTunes. Oh yeah, please, please do. just give us a comment rating. Even if you don't want to give a comment, just give us five stars. Into it, I like. We'll it. read the five stars. We'll yeah. say it's five stars. Yep. We'll it's say very, it's from you. It's very easy to read. Very easy. And as always, we are brought to you by Pulp Education, a full service educational media company specializing in leadership instruction, 21st century school reform, and just plain cool stuff. In good right. times. Good times. All right, boys. So we know we've got some big interviews in February with Kathy Hoffman and Randy Weingarten. But right now there's this uh, big development in public education, which is the omnipresent Koch brothers. Indeed. Who are most well known for their uh, support of conservative causes in the United States and the electorate. They have had a large influence on... I think they might describe them as libertarian. Yes. Um, libertarian, you think? Yeah. They're, they're big. Self-identified. Yeah. Are yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. Republican-leaning. So is it safe to say, though, that there's there's a fair amount of overlap between libertarian and their conservative interests? That would yes. be correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, now, what are they into, Mr. Krabs? K-12 education. K-12 education, because 
everybody who's ever made a lot of money knows how to fix it. That's exactly right. So now <laughs> the the Code Brothers are wading into K twelve education. They are going to try some, I think, some innovative things, or as what they characterize as innovative in six different states in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yet to be identified states. Um, yet to be identified. They are using some uh, nicer, friendlier, softer language to describe their interests and their role. Um, one of the uh, analogs that they use a lot to justify or at least to kind of um, legitimize their new interest in public ed is their role in uh, uh prison reform, mm-hmm. which was a big deal, mm-hmm. um, which is also very interesting. Mm-hmm. And so now, now they're, now they're, they're going to, they're going to get into public ed. Yep. Um, they're coming from a premise of that. It is broken. Right. Yes, that is their initial premise. Yep. Um, who, 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 who in their group said it was broken? Um, I think it was either, uh, Stacy Hawk, who's a major Coke donor or, uh, the guy that's the president of the network. I don't see it um, right off the top here. And, but it, yeah. and so they've already started giving money out. They've 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 uh, given money to the great Johns Hopkins University, mm-hmm. where uh, policy expert and professor Ashley Berner, who I actually knew very briefly at one time, is quoted in a Washington Post article um, about educational educational pluralism, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's kind of what the 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 Koch's interest is being packaged in is that they're very interested in exploring different ways to skin a cat in education that the way we've been doing it the the system is is not working um so my my opening question to you guys is without us being three cynics what's your take on their role in this so we we sent this article around and we took a look at it and i i was initially fairly intrigued so I was like, okay, there's some stuff in here. Um, they talk about moving the Coke network, moving towards being a bipartisan philanthropic collaborators yeah. as opposed to a political organization. Okay. I mean, pos- that's some positive language there. As they distance themselves from, from President Trump. Right. As they try and distance themselves. Spe- and really, the Rep- it says the Republican Party as well, where they're try- they want to be rebranded as um you know i'm sure like an ideas organization as opposed to you know a, a proxy for any any political party or you know president for that matter so anyhow so that all sounds you know kind of kind of decent um but then um i don't know i think you you dig a little deeper into how what their solutions are uh to to address issues and i it's two things. One, I, I'm, not, I'm not actually convinced that there's any new ideas in there. So this innovative approach that they're touting, I actually don't see anything innovative in it. Um, you know, they want to change public policy to address the root causes, quote unquote, of failing schools. Oh, that's it? You, that's all you want to do? Right. Great. Well, tell us and we can just go ahead and fix it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, you know, if it's just that easy, mm-hmm. I think it's to say that is a nice little soundbite, but... Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, just like, just like Stacey Hawk says that education, quote, education should be getting way, way better and way, way cheaper, but the opposite is happening. Right. What on earth is that based well, right. on? Right. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to address that because it actually ties into our conversation last week, but all right. So root causes of failing schools, developing new technologies to promote individualized learning, which is a huge thing right now is the self-directed computerized learning, basically, 
um, where kids use a computer to learn and the teacher sort of guides them through. And uh, again, in and of itself, I don't think that's an issue, but um, I think there's an underline of supplanting or the teacher as the main source of information and or, well, not a main source of information, just the, as the catalyst in the classroom and doesn't take into account the importance of the human relationships in it, right. uh, in teaching, and then investing in teachers and classrooms. So, but so they're trying to—they're trying to sound pro-teacher here. Yes, I mean they—they they even throw a bone to how underpaid teachers are, <laughs> and that's the big change, right? right? So, Americans for Prosperity has been um, their political arm and has been staunchly anti-union and pro-charter school, which. If you're a right-leaning organization, yes, that would be one of your foes would be a large organized labor that traditionally leans left. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've changed some of their rhetoric, but uh, you know, I, I we'll see what what if any effect that has on actual policies cuz again, digging deeper, if, if vouchers are in there, education savings accounts, a lot of the stuff that we talked about in Nevada right. last season, they right. got uh, that was not approved and or um, thrown out by the courts. Right. Um, it seems that that is, plays a big role in kind of where they're going. So a little bit of wait and see, but um, a little bit of like where some more details as to exactly what this looks like um, before passing too much judgment. But I'm not sure that it, uh, you know, on the whole is really all that new, different or innovative. I think it's just packaged and talked about differently. Right. And I don't know um, what is their motive. It seems like. They're not going to get any. They're not going to get an investment out of it in terms of return on investment, right? It so, seems like it might be just. Is it ego? I th- I think I think it's a little that bit. They know well, better than it's that paternalistic uh, attitude of we know better. According so. according to the article, um, Charles Koch's son, or I guess his daughter in law, his son's wife, right, um, opened a school, sort of like a neighborhood school, right, um, where it sounds like they could kind of do whatever they wanted to meet the needs of the kids to be, I don't know how big the school is. I, I really right. don't know anything about it, but I think that sort of piqued the interest of like, Oh, wow. Schooling can be done in a different way. It doesn't have to be going to the neighborhood school down the street. There's many different ways. And look at this, what we're doing, this is one way right. to do it. So I think that um, his son, Charles Koch's son, I think sparked some of that. And then there was a line in there um, that says one reason the wealthy donors are so amenable to investing so much in education is alarm about the next generation. Right. Which you think, oh, what is this alarm that they have? Maybe they're not being prepared. Recent polling shows younger people have a more favorable impression of socialism yeah. than capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I read that. So I think that's it. That's kind of interesting, you know. I, and I, in reality, I think they're also they're also filling a vacuum of of federal and state input into education. Um in in states that are not as liberal or maybe more um, willing to put in dollars into education, they're going to try to fill those that vacuum with Koch brother money, and and they did that with their other. They have you know, a lot of it where they look for friendly states, yeah, and they start their efforts and look for you know as we say the strange bedfellows in that state, and then they expand their reach other places. Yeah. Um, I, it concerns me that in this way, I mean, they're filling a vacuum. So on one hand, they're Maybe they can do some good for for struggling school systems and put in money where the state funding formula for actually funding schools is flawed or just deeply inequitable. So maybe there could be some some good that can come out of that um, in this in states like Mississippi and even um, maybe even places like West Virginia where there's some truly 
uh, embedded poverty that has been generational poverty that's yeah. been going on for many, many years. Um, so, uh, you know, money doesn't solve everything, but money also comes with strings. Yeah. And it makes things happen. It makes things happen. And if the state's already not pro union or they're not pro teacher in that sense, um, I imagine they would continue being that way. And it's also interesting, the, the sort of backing away from this anti-union. And when you look at the current climate where uh, teachers are striking, but by and large, I've really only heard positive things about yeah. teachers striking, uh, yeah. that the public sentiment um, seems to be behind them. So, you know, I'm sure there's a little bit of, of that calculus in there, the PR calculus of like, yeah. oh, teachers are, are really popular right now. Yeah. And it, there seems to be this common understanding of like, underpaid, overworked, really hard job. Right. Um, so let's not bash them in the organizations. Let's say, yeah, we, we know and trust and respect them and we want to work with them. But do they believe that? Don't know. Don't know. I I want to believe that they believe it. I think yeah. I think your point about the vacuum is is important. I mean I do I do think that over the years, um, I'm I'm not sure what the numbers would be on federal involvement in the, in the way of funding would be in public education in the States. Right. I, we know that there, there were, as a part of TARP, there were those school improvement grants back in the, during the recession. Um, but there's, uh, you know, there has been this place now for money from educational philanthropists and uh, the Cokes are now just the most recent players in this. Yeah. Um, Bill Gates had a huge role and, uh, you know, teacher evaluation was his, was his baby for a while. Um, and there, and there have been others. So it's, so before, cause I do want to talk about rich people getting into education and the net benefits. They like education and owning sports teams. (laughs) They think they can do both (laughs) of those things really well. Right. So, uh, educational pluralism. So I want to get your, your thoughts on that. So as, um, as I understand it, you know, and as the article says, the government funds all types of schools, including explicitly religious ones, but does not necessarily run them. And so their kind of point around this was look at all these sort of uh, Western European liberal democracies that all have this, mm-hmm. where um, the state does fund, um, you know, a variety of Religious, non-religious, private, public, absolutely. Waldorf, Montessori. I mean, you know, we're, film. We're, the United States is different that way. Yeah. Well, Our, what do you do? You think that's? We do you think we should be doing that? Oh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if we should. I, I, I. Casey and I go back and forth on this all the time. In that, I've always kind of contended that maybe there is enough food at the table for everybody to eat. Maybe you can have a Waldorf school next to a charter school, next to a public school, next to a Catholic school. Um, and and maybe the government should play some role in uh, supporting all of them because they all contribute to a common good in the country. Uh, I mean, you can't argue that kids that are that get a good education in a parochial private school um, that that's that that's not that's not important for the nation. So let me let me make perhaps a an assumption here. It is an assumption. So my assumption is that because the Cokes and the Coke network is associated with free market and small government ideals, yeah. that if they were if this were to be the model, it would essentially come with no corresponding regulatory body. Because in order to have educational pluralism in all these different types of schools, you would need a very robust and a 
very large bureaucracy yeah. to oversee it, yeah. Yeah. which seems to be counterintuitive yeah. right. to kind of some of their core right. principles. Right. right. And to answer your question, I'm not sure I buy it. But the deal is this, is that to some extent it already exists in this country. Right. Um, not, not necessarily federal involvement or support or even state support of, of different kinds of schools. Charters, yes. Vouchers, now in, in some places. But what are the, what's been the major wedge issue that has divided the Cokes from, the Trump, from Trump? Uh, social issues. Mm, no immigration no 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 he's the 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 cokes are all for they they, they disagree with him yes yeah yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's free trade so to answer your question about regulation they they want they want an unfettered approach to this kind of um to, to trying different models yeah. in education but that, that's I mean, what that, i think dr Berner's talking about with right. pluralism Let, is let's see what let's let's take the shackles off and see what bubbles up and that's innovation, but that's but it also goes against. It shows that that they have no idea what you know how a school is run or how a, a student is taught. There's a lot of nuance to why a don't school. They, why, how did how did they not know that? How, that's a huge assumption. Not make. you. I'm talking about them. Why don't you don't think they know anything about education? I would say no. <laughs> I would say no, and I would say that to to say that you can open up a school and run it by free market ideologies or in a capitalistic way and just hope that, you know, whatever the best solution is going to be the best solution based on capitalist ideals is not how a school works. Then how does a school work? A school works as a, as a very complex social system of, of human beings interacting with one another, not based on, on um, the, the greed of, of others or the, or the capitalistic greed is desires. Good. Well, I think, well, I think the ca- the capitalism in the free market idea is, is not like in how the actual school is run. I think it's more in how students choose the school that they go to. I mean, that's long been right. the conservative sort of um, utopia of everybody gets a choice of everything and the best schools will have the most enrollment and the worst schools will close. But 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 Casey, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that that's... But on a micro scale... You've long been the one that gets frustrated with how innovations get snuffed out yeah. by the system. Yeah, um, that the the right, how hard it is to yeah to to bring anything to scale that's different. Yeah, in public schools. So I mean, I I don't know. I yeah. I we, to me, I'd li- I'd like to. The three of us have long talked about how could we build a better mousetrap? How can we innovate yeah. and kind of break away from. Um, just the accepted, legitimized kinds of ways of schooling, yeah. And and I, I mean, I think people want to do that. I just refuse to operate from the premise that it's broken. I agree. I, 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 yeah, that's I, what you I, said I, the I, other day. Yeah. I think starting a an argument point. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. It is, it is and, and to me, that's what exposes them. Yeah, right. And the point, it, the point that you said about the schools are getting way, way worse when they should be getting way, way yeah, better. That's you know, I mean, last episode we talked about you know sort of modern society and parental involvement and all this stuff. It's like, are they really that much worse? It's like, we seem to be churning out a lot of highly capable kids. Does it meet the needs of everyone? Right. Absolutely not. Does it need to be addressed? Of course. I'd like to say to the Cokes that the, the, the largest generation to enter the American workforce has entered the American workforce over the last decade. And that is, that are the, those are the millennials. Mm -hmm. Right. Over seventy million of them, 
it's a it's an echo boom to the baby boom. We educated them, right? Almost all of them, right? In public education, and is their overarching theme of incompetent morons? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. So, I mean, again, this this no system that Betsy DeVos yeah. um, contends exists continues to churn out generations that that drive the do country. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do stuff are ready to do stuff. So, I mean, I. I, I I I think to your point, Casey, it's a great point that they fill a vacuum that if they can drive research and development and education, I'm all for yeah. that. As long as you somehow manage that it doesn't it doesn't undermine the the really positive things about the way the system works. Yeah. I, I agree. I I think it's once we get into this deeper, there's gonna be talks about It'll be. We'll be talking about curriculum. What does that look like? Oh, there's. What is that? There's how, no that details. Entail? Are they gonna? Yeah. Are they gonna withhold information or not allow inf- certain information because it's funded by the Cokes? Yeah. Um, a lot to to figure out. A lot to chew on. Yeah, but what if they said, "Wow, hey, listen, we want to bring to scale this awesome program. It it'll serve as a terrific transition between elementary and middle school. One teacher will teach four subjects in their classroom." And kids will be more socially connected and demonstrate higher achievement. What's that program called? Project Success. Okay, well, so that's not a typical part of most middle schools. No, I, I, and and if and if you can if you can find those kinds of innovations, I, I I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah. Once you open up the spigot, and you yeah. let that money come through, you're a little scared about that. Well, I mean, money talks, it's, and, and so and, and there there will be strings involved. What do you What do you think, Randy Weingarten? When we ask oh, her, she'll, she'll what kill she, this. Yeah, she so? will hate it. I yes. can't wait to ask her this. Oh yes, this there's be so a lot awesome. in here that's pretty anti AFT yeah. principles. It but, is, but, but they're cozy enough to the unions. They're trying to be. Yeah, a, they're trying. They're, they're trying, trying to be nice. Yeah. yeah. So let me let me ask you. It's kind of one last uh, thread here. Sorry, I brought it. I brought up. Um, you know, wanting to talk about should should rich deep-pocketed Zuckerbergs and Zuckerberg Chan initiatives and Gates Foundations and Coke Networks, do we want them involved at all in education? I understand that there could be like a dearth of money and that they can help fill some of that. But I guess my question is, is it worth it to have them involved or does it distract us? Does it lure us with false promises? Um, there's a big ed tech sector out there that is growing and continues to grow. And when you look at organizations that are, that get funded and a lot of like Silicon Valley VC money, oh man, they're all ed tech companies. Yeah. All of them. Yep. Is that, is that good or bad? I'd say no. I'd say it's bad. It is bad. It's bad. It's a bad thing. I was was hoping (laughs) our socialist would answer first. I'd say no. I, I... And it, it, Zuckerberg put a hundred million dollars into Newark public schools, and it and it, the studies came out and it said it didn't do anything. Yeah, and it, maybe that's just how the money was spent, or how he decided it, that it should be. Yeah, spent. And the federal but, government put billions into school improvement grants, and and there was no not much to show for it. Not much to show. So what does that say about putting money into education? But you have you have states like Massachusetts where they get all, the highest per pupil spending of any state and they have they have arguably the highest outcomes in the country they do um and they stick to their plan and they stick to their plan over a period of time yeah um they invest in in high quality effective teachers and they invest in their development over time i I think massachusetts does a really good job at that it's the model state it's it is and it's so what does that mean is just because you get 
every, an iPad for every kid in California public right. schools. That doesn't, that's not going to mean anything. They're not going to be working in a year. Yeah, that was John Deasy. Yeah, it was. He, he worked over this way at one time. That, the, the, the only thing I'll say, though, is yeah. who, who funded the Italian Renaissance? Right? Uh, the the Medici. Medici. Okay. Is so there's always been this role, this intersection between those with wealth and uh, social or cultural interests. This is just the most modern version of um, of rich people wanting to give back, leave a lasting mark. They're correct. They yeah. want they want to leave a legacy. They the one thing you know is that. Over, so why, uh, why does it why does it never work then? Well, I mean, I'm not sure it. And, oh, yeah, I don't. It's a broad statement, but why? Yeah. You know, why in some of these incredibly deep pocketed? Um, well, you got to remember. For everything they fund that that doesn't work, maybe that's important to know that it doesn't work. Otherwise, you've never tried we anything. Don't, uh, yeah, to do it. Yeah, again, I mean, I think uh, yeah, the the value added model. It's been tried now across the country. It's very controversial. It was one of Gates's favorite things. I, you know, I think it was it was tested. Um, I think it had some impact on education. Certainly, not all negative. So, I'm not. I, I'm not. Um, I'm not totally down on it. What about this theory? And, there, and by the way, yeah. they get bored and move on to other things. I mean, G- <laughs> yeah. Gates is now funding nuclear reactors. Oh, is he really? He's totally moved on from education. So, <laughs> like, I tried I, yeah, I, I tried it. I got it. I put like seven billion Listen, into that. One thing whatever. they learn is teaching is not easy. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. <laughs> I would, I would postulate. I have no idea whether you know this is in any way true, but you know, part of the reason maybe it, a lot of these ventures don't have this sort of huge impact is because you treat um, schools as vacuums, right? And you don't address any of the other stuff that's going on that lead to poverty. That you don't address right. any other stuff right. that leads right. to right. the situations that, that students bring to school where they're not accessible right. to learn or where they're not, right. you know, they're, they're just this, the odds are stacked against them. Yeah. And so, yeah, you give them an iPad, but that doesn't address any of the other root it's causes. Band-Aids. Yeah. It's all band aids. All band aids. And it's, yeah. and it's what we've talked about before, where schools are seen as the cure for yeah. Robbie. What yeah. you've talked about is yeah. the cure for all that ails us in society. Yeah. Maybe the Koch brothers should focus on making sure that upper management and Fortune 500 companies actually hires people of color and women. Uh, I mean, you know, and so there's a place to, for kids that get great educations to go, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. otherwise the private sector is mostly closed. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that might be a good, yeah. good, good place to turn their attention. All right. Well, stay tuned. Um, I'm very curious about Dr. Berner's role in this at Johns Hopkins. I'm going to, I want to do a little more digging. Yeah. This, yeah. this education, educational pluralism thing is fascinating. It is. It, no, it's really interesting. Yep. Yeah. All right, folks, don't go away. When we come back, Mr. Sibs, what do you have for us? <laughs> A wonderful quiz. <laughs> okay, he's gonna design it during the break. No, I'm done. You're done? Yeah, we'll just give, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll give right. people a break. You know, right. let's do it. All right, put us on pause and come back. Welcome back, folks, to Ed's Not Dead. Thanks for not going anywhere. Once again, we are brought to you by Pulp Education, a full-service educational media company specializing in leadership, instruction, and 21st century school reform. All right. It is that time of the show that we <laughs> that we know that everybody enjoys the most. <laughs> this is what they tune in for. It used yeah. to be Dear Betsy, but now it's your quiz show. I'm sick of talking about Betsy. <laughs> All right. Well, so, we did talk about her last time. Yeah, but other yeah, than that, yeah, yeah we're well, done. I mean, other than that, we're like done. every other time. Yeah. Right. yeah. We, we, are, right. we, are, so, we are up against the end of our show here, so it has to be a brief quiz. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> so right. the Koch brothers, as you know, right. they're worth how much? Approximately. <sighs> 
Ooh, that's a good one. This it's, isn't part of the quiz. It's Fifty not, fifty billion dollars. Nope. Uh, Twenty five billion dollars. I'm gonna say between the two of them. I'm gonna say fifteen billion. Hundred billion. Oh, hundred billion dollars. <laughs> so are you kidding? My me? question <laughs> for you both. Yes. Yes. What can you do with a hundred billion dollars? All right. So stack I'm gonna ask it you from here to the moon. I'm gonna ask you a question. Yes. And then you have to give me each your answers of how many you think you could buy. Okay. okay. Got it. You could build 20 new Ram stadiums. You could build. Because <laughs> that, that, that costs $5 billion. Oh, my God. $5 billion. $5 billion. Jeez. You could build right. a stadium. You could have yeah. I guess it's a trillions arts of, district, of hamburgers. Right. So you could build a bunch of those. Yeah. Every, every major city could get one of those. Okay, Such go ahead. a great right. investment. So first one, how many iPads can you buy for every U.S. school and college student? With a hundred billion, with a hundred billion dollars, for every college or U.S. for every school. U.S. school and college student, forty-five billion iPads. Um, a hundred million iPads. Very close. Two hundred million. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Two hundred million. All right, next one. I was a little off. <laughs> You're a little high. <laughs> Forty-four billion. You're, off. You're dividing your hundred billion. Yeah. Too it. many. I got my zeros mixed yeah. up. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. How many? Huh? This is uh, current. In some ways, how many Starbucks cafe lattes can you buy? <laughs> Soy latte. Soy latte. <laughs> um, how many? How many? With a hundred bill? With a hundred billion? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mr. Graves. You want to go first? Or you Thirty-five go? billion. Yeah, I was gonna go a little higher. I was gonna say seventy-five I got, billion. I got scared. This off. one's for Crable. Thirty-three point three billion. Nice. Mr. Tied Krabs. up. Good job. All right. Next one. How, how many space shuttle endeavors? Can you buy? Oh, that's pretty expensive. Is that? Is that? I don't even know. Space shuttle endeavor. We, we, we don't, was we that the last? We don't do those anymore. Space shuttle. They yeah. don't do them anymore. But yeah, they, they were yeah. such an eighties thing. They were oh, um, so cool. Yeah, they were kind of cool. Uh, how many can you build of those? I would say you could build four of those. I would say you could build five hundred thousand. Wow, fifty nine. <gasps> fifty nine. I win that. Yeah. yeah. You're oh, well. you're you're a, you're a lot <laughs> closer. A lot closer. <laughs> All right. Next one. Fifty nine. You can fifty nine. So they are really expensive. <laughs> I knew they were really expensive. They're I didn't know that much. All right. How many islands? For example, like Dark Island in Vermont, which is for sale. Mm-hmm. How Ooh. many can you buy? Like with a hundred billion dollars. Hundred billion dollars. I, I, I'll go with um, I'll go with a thousand islands. Uh, okay. I was gonna say a thousand. I'll say addressing. I'll say uh, five hundred. Three thousand six hundred. Uh, Killing it. Thousand one worth twenty five million dollars each. All right. How many questions? And then last one. Last one. Okay. Last one. Right. I'm sick of this. <laughs> uh, which country Remember could you fire? bail completely out of debt? That would be Iceland. Greece. Greece. Uh, I got it. <laughs> this was Robbie's game <laughs> right here. I did all right. I did yeah, okay. that was very good. All right. Good. That was a good quiz, <laughs> Mister right. Sid. Glad you enjoyed it. That's how much money we don't have. <laughs> All right, uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. A few reminders. Mr. Graves, remind our audience about the 28-day yeah, challenge. Yeah, participate in the 28-day challenge. We got great little meme going on with some Billy Mays and <laughs> meme. meme. I'm, already t- I'm already tired of seeing the tweets. But, but <laughs> You're going to see a lot more I, of them. I made to... Sure to tag you in every single one of them. <laughs> All right, Thank and you. on Facebook I did it too. Thank yeah, you. yeah, but get on, uh, participate, you know, and uh, make leave some uh, silly little comments for us. All right, cool. And uh, folks, don't forget to check out our equity series. Go back, revisit, or listen to the first time. People like Zaretta Hammond. Eric Buddington, Joe Feldman, Curtis Linton, Troy Body, all the heavy hitters in the Ed field on all things equity and equality in public education. Check out the Equity Series. Right here on Ed's Not Dead. Right here on Ed's Not Dead. Also, uh, 
February is going to be a big, very big month. We are excited to have Kathy Hoffman on our next show and Randy Weingarten at the end of February, the president of the American Federation of Teachers. You can find me at R.W. Dodd, Mr. Krabes. At Peter Crable. And Mr. Siddons. At C.H. Siddons. And you can, of course, follow us on Twitter for the show at Ed's Not Dead PC. Check out the website. Spread the word. Leave us some show feedback, and we will read it on the show. As always, thanks for tuning in. Boys, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. <laughs>